Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. A dear friend of mine introduced me to my guest today. He said, you, you have to meet. And well, you know how sometimes you meet someone who asks really big questions about life? And, you know, yeah, certainly in my, time, my kind of work, in my line of work, and in doing Wisdom Talk Radio, that happens a lot, that I meet people like that. But sometimes you are drawn to find out more, feeling like they have insights about the world that you need to hear and that others need to hear as well. And uh, that's just a little, a little something about our guest today. And um, stay with me. It, this is going to be an interesting time. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal Creative Innovator style so you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. My guest today is Josephine Richardson. She is an eternal knowledge seeker, in her own words, <laughs> and occasional joy bringer. Through the study of language, history, and culture, she explores the hum humanity's connections rather than its divisions. When interested in something, she wants to know everything about it from the best resources because she wants to be an expert. And she is currently pursuing her master's degree in history at CU Denver. And I think you will find Josephine as delightful as I do. And I'm really excited about today. And the last thing I want to tell you about her is something she, she included, which was she also hates writing about herself since she has lived with herself her entire life. Thus, she finds others infinitely more interesting. <laughs> Welcome, Josephine Richardson, to Wisdom Talk Radio. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm I'm really ex I'm really excited you're here. Yes, I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you come from a really interesting background, and when we spoke before, you shared some of that. But I hope, and I hope you will share mm -hmm. more about that. That you've said was filled with love, despite the craziness. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? And, you know, who are your parents? Well, um, my, my dad, he is, his name was Harold. Um, his last name was Pig. So, yes, I grew up with the last name Pig. So that was, that was really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but my, my dad, he is what, you would, what people would consider a hillbilly. Um, he didn't come from much money, not much privilege at all. Um, uh, he suffered a lot of tragedy uh, throughout his life, you know, especially during his young life. He lost, he had, there were six children, and he and my aunt are the only ones that survived. Um, his, his mother kind of blamed him, or not blamed him, but she, she told him she wished that he would have died instead of the others. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so my dad had a pretty tragic pretty tragic childhood but still you know he tried to be positive and he, he you know he joined the military because he thought that's what he should do but anyway um he ended up working for the same county office as my mother mm. who uh is a black woman she was born uh, with a handicap she was born with cerebral palsy to two teenagers in new york city um my grandparents, uh, my grandfather joined the military as one does at that time to take care of their children because she was the second born to them. Mm -hmm. um, they lived in Africa and Spain, mm -hmm. ended up settling in Sacramento. Uh, my mother 
started with the county at 19 or eight, no, actually she was 17, excuse me, she was 17. She started with the county library. Uh, she was a very good actress, but my grandfather was kind of controlling and she got an offer to go with a, uh, what is it called? Like a, an acting troupe, you mm -hmm. know, after mm -hmm. high school, but he refused to let her go. So mm. rather than be impractical, she got the job with the county. And after she graduated high school, that's where she moved to the welfare department. And that's where she met my dad. Um, so yeah, they, uh, she was very shy, but anyway, he convinced her to go out with him and they went to see Saturday night fever. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it, they were completely different. You know, my dad was this like hippie who, you know, thought money would come. Uh, my mom was very straight laced as you know, she was raised to be. Um, but they just, they didn't work well together as a married couple. Um, but as parents, they worked well, you know, they mm -hmm. co-parented me nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, they listened to me when I, when their chosen form of discipline didn't work for me, they listened, you know, um, and, it, and I think that's because they had so much harshness in their childhood that they didn't want to put that on me. Mm. So, uh, yeah, my parents were, div they divorced, but they never moved far from one another. Uh, mm -hmm. They stayed friends when I needed them to be together, uh, when I needed us to be together as a family. They made it happen. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, unfortunately, even though there was a lot of love, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he, he used alcohol to numb his sadness and his sorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and he made mistakes, but, you know, who doesn't? Um, my mother, she's now retired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she owns her house, you know, and she's only 60, 63 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she's pretty amazing to me. You know, she she gets what she wants. Uh, she single-handedly installed, well, made them install curb cuts because <laughs> she's in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, like those are my parents. They're they're interesting to me. <laughs> well, um, well, well, let me ask you something. So you grew up with a, a white father, a black mm -hmm. father. Um, how was? And then you said you spent some time living in Africa too. My mother lived in Africa. Oh, okay. Not my mother not lived in a family. No, not us. No, my mother did. Um, yeah, that was, uh, and it was so strange because now when you look at, and when you look at life, it feels like, or with, with contemporary times right now, it's just, it doesn't, it feels like my childhood was a fantasy, you know, because I, I was often the only brown person I mean around my family right mm -hmm. I they're hillbillies they're not accepting you know I mean they're mm -hmm. kind of closed off folk and but I didn't feel like a color I, I didn't mm -hmm. feel unwanted I didn't feel unloved um even by the extended family not at all you know my grandmother was like my best friend growing up I, I I love that lady you know um my 18th birthday I went to go bingo I went to bingo with my grandma you, know, like, that's, so. you didn't go out drinking with your friends no 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 I I went to go play bingo with my grandma so but you know she uh they just they didn't I felt protected you know um and I grew up in an immigrant neighborhood uh there was not really any room for people to be bigoted you know even even if they had prejudices mm -hmm. you know it just didn't it didn't manifest the way it does now you know like people still were cordial they still spoke to one another um they you know my mom's best friends were bikers uh they they weren't shy about the n-word but they never used it around us because respect right so I, I feel like I grew up in this, this weird little bubble mm -hmm. where acceptance was, um, it just, it, it was just a thing. Whereas now it just doesn't seem like anybody can, can, can even have that. So um, how do you, how do you understand what's happening now? Or how do you see what's happening now from your own unique perspective? 
of how you grew up? I, I don't, part of it, and I hate sounding like that person, but it just seems like people are afraid of language. They're afraid to let people talk. You know, we have to be so guarded in our speech. We can't just say what we're thinking because we have to worry about feelings. And maybe that's a good thing, you know, because we didn't, we, no one really cared about our feelings as, as kids. You know, they, they just, they spoke to us and they told us, you know, if we were wrong, if we lost, you know. But it sounds like they did care about your feelings. Yeah, but and it feels like they cared about our feelings by telling us the truth, you know, not not sugarcoating things, not 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 handling us with kid gloves because the world <laughs> the world isn't exactly kind, you know. Um, but we also it was also a very working class neighborhood, you know. Um, the things I, I don't live in that kind of neighborhood anymore. So maybe that affects how I see things. Um, maybe people still do talk to each other that way. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I, I don't, it makes me sad because seeing where my, seeing where my family is, like, I know that there's no difference. Mm -hmm. It's just a shade. Our skin colors are just a shade. It, mm -hmm. it, there's no difference. You know, culturally, we are the same. Like, we just, we may, we may say different words. We may, we may enjoy things in different ways. But I mean, <laughs> come on. So I really, I mean, I think culturally, we're all different. I mean, it, you're different than me. I'm different than, you know, my closest friend, actually, and so on, so forth and so on. But we're all, we're all the same underneath that. Yeah. As human beings. Yeah. You know, like it, it really, it just, I, I don't know. It makes me sad that we're here um, as a country because when I was a kid, I would read these things as a, as a student, you know, in history, you know, and I, I would be like, oh, wow, we had to deal with that, you know, like it was over, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and to see so much rage and so much anger and justified, right? It's justified um, anger, but to know that it never went away, like yeah, even in Sacramento, my, my little world, Sacramento, I, things were going on that I had no idea. I, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. Part of me feels blind, you know, like how could I have not known Mm -hmm. I mean, my aunt, my, the crack epidemic was really bad in my family. You know, mm -hmm. I was aware that that happened. I was aware that crime happened. Um, I just wasn't aware that people were being abused, you know, for silly things. I, I wasn't aware that that was happening. Like that systemic Kind yeah, use is what you're talking about. Yes, because like my my aunt would do bad things because her addiction. Mm -hmm. She would get arrested. To me, that made sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had no idea though that she may be spending more time in jail, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the color of her skin. <clears throat> those are the things I was unaware of. You know. And so how does that land for you now? You said it makes you sad in some way. It makes me sad and it makes me a bit angry. I'm angry with myself for being blind, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm angry or I'm, 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 I'm sad because there are people suffering and there's, there's what can I do? Hmm. Mm -hmm. what, what can I do? It's like I see people marching and it's a very good cause. It's a very good cause. Um, but then what, you know, like, what do we, how, how do we translate that to action, you mm -hmm. know, like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's where marching is not enough. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you you've made your point now. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and see, I'm always trying to be 
careful that I'm not being insensitive, right? Because I'm like, okay, so you did that. Now let's move on. And it's like, it's not that I'm trying to be insensitive, but it's like, but you have to move to the next step. I, 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 I understand your hurt and I understand your anger. I, I, I feel you. However, we have to move forward. You know, if we wallow in the anger, it's not going to change, right? Um, and, and sometimes I feel like maybe I'm a little bit insensitive um, because of that, but I'm somebody like, that likes to move to the next step, though. Mm-hmm. Like, so what is the next step? I mean, to me, it's local. You know, it's, it's, it's local. It has to happen local. You know, you're, you're, take a look at how your local police officers, like, like I live in Lakewood, right? I live in Lakewood, Colorado. Mm -hmm. How, how, how do they, what's their scorecard? You know, Mm -hmm. how do they react? Because we don't, the minority population in Lakewood is not very high, you know? Um, Well, I shouldn't say minority like that because I'm just thinking only black people and truth be told, we have a significant Hispanic population. So I would look at how their scorecard is, you know, with treatment and, and sentencing of, you know, the Latin, the Latino and, you know, black population here. Mm-hmm. And if things need to be changed, I feel like for me, I'd have to start with Lakewood, you know, mm-hmm. see how, how, check because Lakewood doesn't have like we have police and then we have Jefferson County you can look at that too because you have the city then you can look at the county you know Mm -hmm. it just just go from a local level and do what you can locally yeah we have people listening from all around the world from over 59 countries so Mm -hmm. um so that that is an important point start local start local see what's really going on see what you can discover and then What's next? And see, that's where I don't know. I don't know what's next. It's like, <clears throat> there's, and that's, maybe that's the frustration that I feel. There's no one answer. Mm-hmm. We just, we have to try everything. <laughs> we have to try everything and use what works. Yeah. Um, I mean. I think sometimes the anger has to do with not wanting people to fall back asleep. And that that's yeah. what's happened so often is that there's been an activation and people get all charged up and, and realize what's going on. And then they go back to sleep. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's, I can honestly say for me, that's something that does bug me. It's like, you know, with George Floyd, it's like, this was, this just seems like it was the tipping pot, you know, the, 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 the tipping point, you know, like this mm-hmm. was, this was it because it's like this, it isn't new now, you know, mm-hmm. it isn't new. <clears throat> and it's like, <laughs> what, what happens when the next person is, is, is murdered, you know, because that's, and, and unfortunately, that's the way I think about it. What happens when, not if, when? No, it's already you know? happened. It's already happened <clears throat> a number of times since then. And defunding the police. Um, people have a field day with that. They think, oh, this means nothing for the police. And it's like, I, I think what most people are saying is that, okay, let's stop giving them the firepower Let's stop militarizing our police. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Let's let's start funding programs, you know, that will help. You know, you you send a police officer and maybe a counselor to a domestic violence situation. You know, the biggest thing with these police officers is they feel threatened. You know, they feel threatened. They feel threatened. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Then let's Mm -hmm. have somebody who's trained to deescalate the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a bad thing. What, what is the issue? Like, why? I, I, it's hard for me to understand why other people don't understand the need for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and I and I and I, I desperately <laughs> want to open up their mind and understand. I I I, I really do want to understand where they're coming from. Like, please, <laughs> if you see this as a pattern, it, we can take the racial component out of it and let's just look at human beings, right? Human beings are being extrajudicially murdered by police. Mm -hmm. What stops you from feeling that empathy to say, oh my gosh, you know what? This is not okay. This is a problem. Look at the numbers of these people, these human beings. <laughs> this is not right. What stops you? What, what's the barrier mm -hmm. <laughs> that stops you from, from feeling that other person's humanity, despite whether or not they were stealing a cigarette or selling cigarettes mm -hmm. or, or, you know, having a counterfeit $20 bill? Mm -hmm. Like, where is the empathy? <laughs> where is the real connection? Yeah, this is your fellow human. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel that disconnect from people. So when other people can't immediately feel the empathy, it just, it really, it really hurts. It's like, mm -hmm. oh my God. Um, I, I don't know. I, and, 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 and I don't have any answers, you know, all I can do is talk to people. And that's what I do. I try to, I try to understand where they're coming from. And so you're talking and listening. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I have to. I, I, I have a friend currently um, who, after trying really, really hard to speak with this person, to, to try to see where he's coming from, mm -hmm. it's clear to me that this person is willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. They're willfully being this way because they want to be, you know, like they, they, they're, they're here because they want to be. So, mm -hmm. uh, that's no longer a fruitful relationship for me. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> unfortunately, you know, they, I, I can't have that in my life. Is and that it, unfortunate or it's just, that's that just how it is. It, you know, I, I, I guess it is what it is. Right. Um, and I, and, and that's also something I do. I'm like, I never want to give up, you know, I never want to give up on somebody and uh, that that's not healthy. <laughs> you have to just say, oh, well, this is who it is. You know, this is, this is where they're at. Yeah. You know? So as a, as a, um, a student of history, as I, I know you are, um, and I don't mean that because you're just your studies, but I feel like that's that you really are a student of history. Yeah. You look at, at how we've how how we've gotten here. Yeah. So why are we here? What where are we and why are we here? And that's a really big question, but I feel like those are questions that you've been pondering. You know, I as far as the human race or as far as like Americans, like You choose. I think it's less a uh, because if I talk about the human race, I, I, I'll, it's a bit morbid for me <laughs> because I haven't quite figured it out when it comes to the human race. Like I don't, I can't figure it. That's something I don't understand. I don't understand why we're blessed with consciousness, mm -hmm. yet we choose to do the most disgusting things with it. <laughs> it, it, it. So maybe that's, I, I don't know if we're supposed to achieve some nirvana before our earth clock ticks off and then we're all done. Um, that's, I, I don't know. I would like to, that's, that's, I guess my, that's my focus, you know, from the big picture for me is like, why, why are we here? Why do the things, why do, why do we do the things that we do? Because in my mind, we're here to make ourselves better. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here to make the world better. Uh, when I think about having kids, I think about, you know, it's kind of a selfish need for immortality. <laughs> so I brought my children into this world that's not exactly perfect, right? <laughs> but um, reframing it in not such a, you know, sad light, um, I'm, I've done my part to bring good people into the world. 
you know, I, I, I take the good that my parents have, have done and I, I pour that into my kids. You know, I'm not a perfect parent by no means, but you know, that was, I guess my purpose, you know, I, I, I did that. Um, but as far as America, how we got here, I, I just think Americans ran away from the truth for too long. We, we hid, we hide things. We, 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 we hid things like we hid the Haitian revolution from uh -huh. the American people, right? Mm -hmm. Because we couldn't let the slaves know that, mm -hmm. <laughs> couldn't let them know that. That they so got free. It. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't let them know. We couldn't let them know. But now, now you might say something about that because I suspect our listeners don't know. You and I know because we've had the same teacher. <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually, I, I learned about anyway. this. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the Haitian Revolution is, uh, it's, it's significant because it's the first uh, free, it's the first time that Black people fought and got their freedom. It, it, it was, it's an amazing moment mm -hmm. um, in history. And they fought off the French, mm -hmm. you know, they, they pushed oh, back yeah. the Spanish, you know, they just, you know, they, they, they got it. Um, but without romanticizing it, uh, Toussaint Louverture, uh, it's hard for me to say his name, mm. um, he had to build a coalition with the slaves because it, he didn't start off like just, hey, we're all black, we're going we're gonna to rise up. Mm -hmm. you know, he started a co he had a coalition and you know after they won their independence he he did welcome back white planters and he did reinstitute slavery mm -hmm. oh it was slavery but it had an it, 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 it was extra steps but it was still slavery right mm -hmm. so i i feel like we can be proud without romanticizing right mm -hmm. um so yeah like it was the first free black nation so that's why it's significant because the united states government um did its part to make sure <laughs> that um that news did not reach American slaves mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because it would have caused too much disturbance. They were already having trouble in uh, the Florida region of the United States because it was controlled by Spain. And uh, at, at, at that time, you could cross over to Spanish controlled Florida and convert to Catholicism and be free. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there was already, you know, unrest in uh, the United States. So they didn't want that. Um, and then, you know, when, when we try to ignore or, you know, not ignore when you have the abolitionists, they tried to make, or the anti-abolitionists, they tried to make slavery a good thing, you know, like, oh, look at it, it domesticates these savages. They're happy. If it wasn't for slavery, they would not, you know, so you have the, you have another that lie. Yeah. Another lie. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you just, you, we lie, we lie, we lie, we lie. And then, then we went through this period of romanticizing. And then, um, and then even with slavery, we haven't told the whole truth about that either. You know, we don't, we don't, we only talk about chattel slavery. We don't talk about nuance. You know, there's, we don't talk about the, you know, the black slave owners that were here in the beginning. Um, and then we don't, you know, in an effort to try to be, you know, apologetic for slavery, I feel like some some of our history books have been, you know, led to a victimization. <clears throat> they they focused on the victimhood rather than the free black societies that existed mm -hmm. um, in in the United States and the fact that they never stopped fighting for the slaves here in the United States, you know, um, they didn't focus on, uh, I mean, at least from what I was taught, I wasn't taught about black agency at all. Um, I, I, I didn't know, you know, I, I even used to mock the whole black American, African-American, Afro-American, you know, it's like, what, you know, what is this? Mm -hmm. But now, you know, I know that has to do with black agency, you know, before, in the early days of our country, uh, the black the black people here wanted to maintain a connection with Africa, so they would even keep African names, mm -hmm. and they would be considered African. And then it evolved to African American. And then, you know, when 
the, the government started talking about repatriating black people to Africa, the free black society was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is our country. Mm-hmm. So that's when we became black Americans. So there's a whole, there's a whole like history to it that is so fascinating. And I, and I, and I found that that's kind of my, my passion. Mm-hmm. You know? I can tell. <laughs> like I, I really want to educate, you know, young people about agency rather than victimhood you know mm-hmm. like look at look at the look at the survival you know um without glorifying africa you know i i i'm learning so much about africa i i i'm bit by bit you know because mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge continent so many countries so many cultures so much to learn mm-hmm. but the thing is is as as somebody of of you know black heritage in the United States. I, I believe my history begins in the Atlantic, not in Africa, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Africans are culpable. You know, they, they, they sold, Mm -hmm. they sold these people. Um, so, (laughs) you know, to me, as soon as you, as soon as our ancestors were loaded on the ship, that's where our history begins. And that's something that I'm, that's what I'm working on actually uh, for my thesis is, is to show um, agency uh, through slavery, um, how, how they survived. Um, That's something that really, it it excites me. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's good for young people to know these things. It's important. It's yeah. It, it feels good. It feels good to know that I am not a victim. I'm a survivor. You know, <laughs> it changes the whole narrative. It does. It does. And then not only am I a survivor, but this is what gives me the agency to create my life. Yes. Yes. And I, and I, definitely, I definitely want Black children here you know, or not even children. I look at them as children and I hate that, but <laughs> college students, you know, mm. um, I, I don't mean to, because it, it feels like I'm diminishing them, but my son is 21 or mm-hmm. about to be 20, you know, so it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. I have a 30 so, year old and I understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but it's important for me to get them because I, I, I was, I'm a non-traditional student. I, I started college at 32 years old you know Mm -hmm. I was often the oldest student in class um and I I these 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 young people are amazing you know I I don't I don't have that ah these lazy kids I don't have any of that Mm -hmm. because I was so fortunate to see so many motivated young people but I, I I was also privy to see how the power that professors have on young people and one of my I, I took an African history course and unfortunately the professor focused on white supremacy and white privilege um, which certainly has its place in the discussion mm-hmm. I'm not taking that away from him however the entire course was victimhood so and you get framed within within that white supremacist um, dialogue, that, that narrative. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, and it, and it wasn't just, I didn't see it as just harmful to the black students in that class, Mm -hmm. but I see, I saw the young white students being just, just hit with white guilt. And Mm -hmm. most of these kids were scraping what they could to go to college. And I, cause I got to know these young folks, you know, they, 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 uh, they don't come from privilege. And I, and I understand the point is, is benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I get that like in, in terms of white privilege, benefit of the doubt is, is how I've understood it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I didn't find that very fair. And I did speak up for the students and I did, I did try to steer the conversation away from that, but he was really, he was adamant about this and, he even used an example of uh, the gods must be crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he showed us that. And he said, by the way, for, if our listeners don't know, it's oh, yes, that was so a wonderful sorry. movie. Yeah. Gosh, a long time back already. But yes. And it, then the movie depicts um, like in the beginning of the movie, the uh, uh, a man is flying in an airplane and he chucks out um, an empty Coke bottle 
and the soda bottle mm-hmm. and the the this tribe this tribe member picks it up and anyway it becomes all this source of contention amongst the tribe mem- tribesmen um and so the professor was using that to show you see how they make fun of us you see how they 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 belittle us and i said you know i didn't read it that way mm-hmm. i i read it as um western interference into an idyllic setting um because prior to that that trash being thrown to them they had they were you know they had their society it was fine you know it was in nature and it was it was nice and okay we're of course romanticizing here but still <laughs> um the point <laughs> and then you go and you see a shot of like johannesburg i think it was um i think it was set in jo- south africa in johannesburg but n- needless to say it had all these people living on top of one another and mm-hmm. it was crowded so I, i i said i see them celebrating you know this culture and not western culture mm-hmm. he told me that i was reading it wrong and i was incorrect oh how can you tell someone that their interpretation is incorrect my goodness wow <laughs> an artistic interpretation <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like how i i both uh seat you know instructors professors teachers or how I've ever wanted to be as an instructor, professor or teacher. Right? You know, telling somebody basically you're wrong in how you're seeing this this artistic expression that we're discussing because it doesn't suit your narrative, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I I believe in discussion. I I believe in discussion. I I really do. I even if it's uncomfortable because when it's uncomfortable, that's when you learn, you know. You come to something new. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard. It's hard to have someone challenge your beliefs. It's hard. It really is. And I bet it wasn't and I bet it didn't throw you. Oh, no. <laughs> not me. <laughs> not you. Not you. No, I uh, my my mom and dad used to tell me that I was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> Because I would argue everything. Like they didn't let me bring a I, they said I couldn't bring a toy into a store, but I it was a ball. So I argued that a ball was not necessarily a toy because <laughs> it took two people to play with a ball. Hmm. So, <laughs> right now it's just an object. It's not a toy. <laughs> well, your parents had to be really on top of it with you, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I I I you know, I I'm an only child. Um and I used to be very like upset with my parents for making me an only child like Hmm. Um uh and I don't think that I was ex- so exhausting that they didn't want any more kids but <laughs> <laughs> I definitely um it makes me admire my parents even more because I questioned everything right like hmm. why 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 right they never got exasperated they didn't say shut up um when they could not answer my questions they said I don't have any answers for you. So go look it up and tell me what you can find, right? Mm-hmm. Um I have three children. Um no one, not one of them has taken up my time <laughs> the way that I did, took up my parents' time. <laughs> they they were able to uh, occupy each other, you know. Um oh, Well, that was so a smart move. <laughs> I you know, it's funny because I I I didn't think I was going to have children because I just did not want to have that kind of vulnerability. Like it's just your heart just walking around for somebody mm-hmm. to step on, you know. Um And, and sometimes they do step. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um but I uh, I I'm I'm grateful that I did have kids. <laughs> I am because they you learn a lot from them. Um especially when you see your personality coming out in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I and I and it's funny um it wasn't ever like eh, kids are gross you know because I was a babysitter just it really was the worry you know it really was but when you look at i look back on my life and i'm like oh look at all the jobs i did 
my early jobs were cleaning and uh, babysitting. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I prepared myself. <laughs> well, Josephine, another thing that you say that I wanted to touch on is that um, we're all connected through our shared mm -hmm. humanity. Yes. What do you mean by that? And, and how do you see that as a way to experience the world? Well, for me, it's just, you know, I, and I, this, this, this doesn't mean I'm leaving out disabled people because I know not everybody when I'm, when I, when I'm using my description, I feel like I have to put a disclaimer there, but mm. we're cognitive human beings. We, we, we walk upright, we talk, mm -hmm. we see, we think, we feel, we reproduce, we fall in love. We, we, we make poetry in every language imaginable. Mm -hmm. we, we make art, all of us, every last culture, every last one of us, mm -hmm. every last one of us. That's what I mean. Like we share this, this consciousness that, that nothing else on this earth does. I mean, not the way we do. Mm -hmm. Not the way we do, you know, I, I, I am, an, I talk to animals. Okay. So I'll get that out there. I do. I talk to animals. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that you should be kind to them. Right. But they cannot communicate with one another the way we do. If someone doesn't speak my language, I can take time and I can learn how to communicate with that other human being. Right. Mm. It's just amazing to me. Like, and I think that's why I love culture so much. I, and that's why I love language so much because it's like, wow, this is how you experience life. Like mm -hmm. this, this is your consciousness. Even something as simple as, as saying how old you are, right? In my language, I am my age, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's in, in Spanish or French, right? They have their age mm -hmm. and that's like simple. Years. Yes. They, they have them, like they've completed them, you know, mm -hmm. and that's just natural. Like that's and it means their code. Different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, that's just amazing to me. I, I, I can't explain why. Like, I just, I love that because, I, and I think, excuse me, I, I wasn't raised with God, you know, mm. I wasn't raised with spirituality. I wasn't raised with anything like that. So I, everything that gives me a sense of spirituality has to do with human, you know, it's very humanistic. My dad taught me morality based off of Aesop's fables, right? Like he would mm -hmm. tell a fable, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or he would tell a story, right? And so um, that's how I was introduced to things, just the human story, right? So yes. it's hard for me um to grasp people's faith right so in order for me to understand them i understand that feeling that i get when i think about humans when i think about like just just the bible right i i look at that as humans talking to each other mm -hmm. from ye from you know eons ago like mm -hmm. just just giving you advice about how to live right so in that way, that's how I can understand other people's um, like faith, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I, I just, I just wasn't given that gift of faith, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I, I guess that's my, that's my, that is my faith is, is humanity. Like this, this humanism, you know, like mm -hmm. I see how amazing we are. Um, and I think that's probably why it hurts so much when we choose to destroy one another. Yeah. You know, because faith comes through in so many different expressions. Yeah. And yeah, is, is in humanity. Yeah. And in what's possible is what I hear. Oh, yeah. Because we've been to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we've been to the moon. Mm -hmm. Humans have been to the moon from from wrapping rocks around sticks. Mm -hmm. We've been to the moon. Mm -hmm. I, and that we're on our way amazing? to Mars. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing to me. Like, mm -hmm. 
I am talking to you through a computer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I remember not being connected. I remember, you know, having very limited communication. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to my cousin who would, she traveled the world as a buyer. I waited impatiently for any postcard from where she would be, but I had to wait, you know, and I, and, and I'm, I'm a sucker. I love written communication. I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I love a well-written letter, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that she's not so far from me anymore, you mm-hmm. know, like my mom, I can do zoom. I can see my mom. She's not in the same state as I anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, this is, I mean, just this, like this technology is a wonder. And, and I don't know if I'm just simple minded, you know, cause I think that too, like maybe I'm just too easily, (laughs) I'm just too easily entertained, you know, like that's a, that's a very real possibility. Um, But we'll say that's okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, it makes me happy. You know, I, uh, I, I look at, I look at things that didn't make me happy in my life. Mm -hmm. I look at choices that I've made that, that, that I cringe at or were stupid or horrible or whatever. Like, and I, I, I I unpack it and I, and I learn from it because I want to be a better person, you Mm -hmm. know, just because like I, there's no reward in it. You know, there's no reward. It's Mm -hmm. just, if we have to live together, at least make it pleasant, you know, like that's just, you don't, I don't, I don't want people to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want anyone, if, if someone has a legitimate complaint, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll take it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and I do have, done from love. Yes, exactly. Like I have a, uh, I just, I, I'm not good at saying I'm sorry. Uh, I am because those are words. I just change my behavior, mm-hmm. and I understand that people have to hear that, right? They have to hear I'm sorry. Um, I'll admit that I'm wrong. Uh-huh. I just, I just, it's, I, 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 I do neglect saying I'm sorry, hmm. and that's one of my one of my things that makes me not such a good human. You know, like that's something that I could work on, but. <laughs> doesn't it seem just, like you're too invested in that one <laughs> I, because it what's better a words or changed behavior you know exactly that's what i hear is hey look at what i'm doing that's different now yes it's like i was wrong for that mm-hmm. so i won't do that again mm-hmm. you know i uh because i mean and and maybe that that could again, that's my sense of spirituality. Like, that's where I feel better. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my cousin, she, she's a very spiritual woman. She's a, she's a Christian mm-hmm. and she, you know, she draws her strength from Jesus. And I admire that. I truly do. I, I listen to her and I can feel right. When I listen to her, I know that she's walking her path. Like I can mm-hmm. feel it. It just, it shines through, through her energy. Mm-hmm. I can, I can feel it. Um, I don't draw, I don't, I don't get that same feeling from praying to the wind, in my opinion, you know, I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm going to talk to myself, then I should better myself, right? Like, otherwise, I'm just bitching at myself, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, change it, Yeah. you know, but if you're unhappy, change it mm-hmm. and it's not easy um but I, I did my dad did suffer from depression and it was hard to watch because he you know he tried to commit suicide in front of me when I was younger mm-hmm. and uh I used you know it was I, I had to use logic and re- reason when I was little I was like wait a minute what he's using is not going to hold his weight it's okay you know, <laughs> it's silly, but you know, it got me through. Um, but he was just always so unhappy and he, he, he did, he, he tried every drug, but he just was like, no, you know, that's too expensive, <laughs> you know? So he'd always turn to alcohol and he'd been to counselors. He'd been to psychiatrists. nothing would stick. And all I could come up with was 
he's cho- he has to be choosing this. Yeah. But he it has to like be it choosing use something of being a bridge builder to something else, uh, allowing allowing you to understand and to develop within yourself the way to build that bridge to that ability to change, to choose something different. Yeah. Cause I think it was just too hard of too much work for my dad. You know, I think it was just, and, and I don't, I, I don't, I'm not dis, I don't mean to disparage him or anything. Cause he wasn't, he, he's, he's no longer here. You know, he can't defend himself. Um, but it, it just, it was just too hard for him. And I understand, I understand. I, I don't hold any ill feelings toward him. It's just, I appreciate his pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because he didn't give it to me. Mm-hmm. But he showed me what it looks like. And if that, that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. And that's what I mean about you're able to be that bridge amongst and across the divides that exist. And I so appreciate that about you, Josephine. I don't even know if you realize how much you can do that, how much you have been trained from a very early age, if I can say it that way, to do that. So I want to thank you so much for for being here, for sharing yourself, for speaking so openly about who you are and and how you've gotten here. (laughs) And and also bringing to light some things that I think our listening audience will, um, well, I I don't know if I want to say needs to hear, but, but perhaps can, can come away from it, from all of this in a different, with some different ways of thinking about things and different awarenesses. That would be nice. (laughs) Thank you so much, Josephine, for being here. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thanks to our listeners, too, for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because that helps more people to access the wisdom and to transform the world. And for more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. That's B-A-C-A. That's how Baca is spelled. Take the quiz and find out your creative innovator's style so that you can turn your ideas into reality without missing another moment. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.